0: Is Kelly Carlin and uh, welcome to Waking from the American Dream. <laughs>
1: that was our very own Ben Morrison that is awesome Ben uh yeah. It Seems is the name of that, and that's up on his SoundCloud, uh, and he just turned us on to that. And that's really fucking fun. I'm like, I want to go do that now.
2: Yeah, that was all done on an iPad.
1: Oh, wow. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, it's so simple these days, people. You, just, you know what? You could actually build a country on an iPad and just run it and be your own little personal ruler.
2: It's really cool. It's uh, this iPad app where you just launch an app and you type in your email address, and then someone sends you a song that you made. Ooh. <laughs> That's made Wow! Up. <laughs> I'm
1: totally like my brain just fried.
2: <laughs> the talentless app.
1: Yes. So <laughs> welcome everyone uh, to uh, waking from the American Dream. It's November twenty first. As you know, I'm very excited about that because it's divisible by seven, and I'm a little bit of a freak about that. Admitted that last week. I hope you're not like thinking I'm like walking around counting sevens everywhere I go or something like that because I'm really not. Uh, you don't know. No, I'm positive. I don't. I do not wash my hands seven times a day. You're like, you're
2: like Lena Dunham on the last four episodes <laughs> of Girls. Oh, right. Uh, 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 Although the other day
1: I did stick a Q-tip in my ear and it heard it and I did think of Lena Dunham. You? I was like, oh, I can't wait to th- see how that all comes about because she's freaking out, man. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, welcome, everyone. It's, uh, boy, it's, you know, smack dab November, man. We're Next week, next Thursday, we are all going to be chowing down on some big, fat-ass fucking turkey breast And um, either sitting with people we love and adore and are very happy, which means not our families, or we're sitting around uh, um, uh, clenching our jaws and uh, wishing that our drunk aunt would get her hand off of our inner thigh. That never happened to me i don 't know why I make these things up uh, anyway so uh, we 're here it 's almost dark out i was I went out last night I had a uh, an event I went to kitty bruce 's uh, benefit at the comedy store. Saw some pretty good comedy. Not, you know, I'm not going to name any names. I'll name one name. The guy, I- Ian Edwards, he like blew blew me away. Like he was one of the, the smarter, funniest people on pe- people on stage that night. Um, but it was a nine o'clock show, uh, you know, and I am a middle-aged woman. And so I had to take quite the nap before I went out. And uh, And it was one of those naps where because it's so dark so early, I woke up after it was dark and I really did not know what day, what hour, possibly what month it was. It was like, oh, wow, I'm thinking, uh, hmm, uh, yeah. But it was a decent nap. It was a good nap. I learned today that there's different lengths of naps that you need to take for different things. And if you can get a full 90 minutes, and if you need a full 90 minutes, you can get a full 90 minutes. It's a full cycle of sleep. You get your REM in, you get everything in, you'll be ready to go. And I was. I was ready to go for some semi-mediocre comedy at the comedy <laughs> store last night. <laughs> I really did not need to be as awake as I was, as I thought I needed to be. Yeah, it was it was very uh, – it wasn't very hilarious at all. No, it was kind of um, – it was – yeah, it was all right. I was there to support my dear friend Kitty. It was fun. Kitty Bruce was there. If you all don't know, Kitty Bruce is Lenny Bruce's daughter. And, uh, and then Laurie Buckley was also there and you're definitely not going to know who Laurie Buckley is. Her father was Lord Buckley. So I want you all now, while you're listening, go ahead, pull out the Google or the Wikipedia, Wikipedia, Lord Buckley. This is the man, this is the beat poet. This is the jive man who, uh, uh, inspired people like my father and Lenny Roseanne Barr. I mean, a lot of comics. He was, uh, poetry in motion, literally. And, uh, Lori is a dear friend of mine, and so uh, it was fun having uh, three of us hanging out last night together. Uh, So, yeah, that was fun. And and I just want to put a shout out for Kitty and the work she's doing. She runs um, a rehab called Lenny's House, and it's for women, and it's a great work. And if you have a couple of extra bucks this Christmas and are looking for a donation to go somewhere – uh, go check out Lenny's house online and uh, send her some money because the, the money goes directly to the house and really supports women who are really trying to get their lives back together. I mean, these are women who fucked it up and uh, are, are trying is to – Is that their tagline? Fucked. We fucked it up. Welcome to Lenny's house <laughs> for women who fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of money I think with that Dude, you, yeah. you would make some people laugh in this country Did
2: you fuck Did everything f- up Did you
1: fuck it up really bad Guess. You,
2: Is your life A never ending quilt of regret <laughs> If so Lenny's house can help <laughs> Do you cry in the shower Every time <laughs>
1: Exactly um, So I just wanted to Before I get into my essay uh, There's a couple of fun little news items today I've been getting newsy lately. It's fun getting newsy here. Uh, just had a friend today who got on the plane, and they said they could keep their cell phones on while they were taking off. I think a lot of people came in their seats. Basically, <laughs> I particularly don't really want people fucking calling me, or you know, you can't actually make calls yet, but that's coming next. But. But it is nice. You can do your solitaire while the plane is taking mm-hmm. off, you know. And, uh, and you know, I have the Bose headsets, you know, the r- noise reduction. I always keep that on. Like, that's really going to, like, affect – if that's affecting the airplane, my little Bose mm-hmm. headsets, I really don't want to be in that airplane. I will
2: admit, whenever I walk on and, like, see someone wearing the Bose headsets, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, you don't want to listen to me, huh, no, buddy? No. You don't want to hear what I have to
1: say? We don't. We don't. We just want to create a nice little cone of silence around us. If we could just do that with virus germs and bacteria also. So a little switch on your headset okay. and just a, a...
2: hazmat suit with German <laughs> engineering. Aye, yes. It's cut out all the bacteria. So,
1: yeah, so, so, so completely. We kill it. We nuke it. Uh, so, yeah, cell phones on planes. That's kind of exciting. And um, yeah. what I also... I found a great story today. I think it was in the LA Times. There's uh, some small town in North Dakota that's being terrorized by a white supremacist guy... And uh, this is just such a great story. So it's like a very small population, but he's like trying to like take it over or something. Frightening. This this is like all of our nightmares, all of us progressives' nightmares. Well, uh, someone confronted him. I don't know if it was in the press or somewhere. And... Somehow they'd gotten a hold of his DNA and they tested it and he's got 16% African American genetics. And so here's the, here's the funny part. The other leader of the white supremacist group started terrorizing the other guy because he has black blood in him now. So this, so the guy with the black blood in him, uh, was like, I guess got a posse together to like protect himself from these other, (laughs) <laughs> people who were doing just what he's been doing to other people his whole life. I mean, really? it, it's, yeah, it's, really? it's that weird.
2: All of a sudden he's Anne Frank.
1: Yeah. Other. Yeah. All of a sudden. Yeah.
2: Hiding under his sheet.
1: Isn't that amazing? God, I love shit like that.
2: They Th- should just make that mandatory for all
1: like racist
2: because at this point there's such a euro blend of everyone Uh,
1: and hello we all came from africa yeah ultimately i mean we all it all began in africa people we are all africans as you know richard dawkins talks about all the time so uh so yeah so it's just i think i i I smiled at that one because i know my dad would have really smiled at that too. He, he is one shit of like us. That.
2: You cannot get away from the fact that everyone come from Africa. <laughs> this is true. Everyone has a little bit of me in them. <laughs> you too, Mr. Studio engineer, look like Skrillex. You're part black too. <laughs>
1: and on a good night, you have a lot of me. You have you. a lot of you in the right places.
2: <laughs> in the right places.
1: <laughs> and then of course, uh, our dear Dear friend George Zimmerman is back in the news because he's beating his wife now again. I, I guess. How,
2: I love how he's growing. He's slowly growing <laughs> like the uh like the like Iraq war veteran beard. Like he's,
1: yes. Yeah.
2: During the trial he was all shaved up and now he looks yeah. like an extra from Universal Soldier Three. Yeah. Like.
1: Yeah. It, it's just Maybe the white supremacist guy will go and him him and Zimmerman can go work it out or something, I don't know. Maybe
2: his wife tried to come at him with a razor to say <laughs> to shave that shit and he stood
1: his ground. Maybe that's what happened. It's just something scary is going to happen if this guy is not put in a place that is going to keep his hands away from weapons and things and and clearly women because oh my god, it's and we have to, you know, the thing is this happens every day. Every day all over America, crazy men like this are terrorizing their neighborhoods and the women in their life. And we just get a little close-up front seat of this one because uh – uh because he's George Zimmerman
2: he's also sixteen percent black
1: he probably is he's probably yes
2: he should shoot
0: sixteen percent of
1: himself <laughs> just like his right foot or something like yeah. that I think would probably do it
2: that 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 is the part
1: that is yeah that it would be the part uh yeah that and then of course tomorrow is the big um fiftieth anniversary of JFK um assassination and uh I was uh, a mere five months old when it happened. And my dad would tell the story of how he had me in my uh, little pram because my grandmother bought bought us. A, you know, we were we had you know a, a, a warming plate as our kitchen. <laughs> we were so poor, but we had a fine fucking pram. Let me tell you, Whoa. you know, my grandma bought us one of those, and so my dad had me in the pram, and he was couple uh, you know blocks away somewhere and heard about the assassination and f- like ran to a pay phone to call my mother to tell my mother it's like one of the most poignant story you know moments of his life that happening and wow just i can't even imagine what that must have been like like everything's fine we've got this beautiful family in the white house and it's the early 60s and it's all mm-hmm. you know happy yeah. happy and madmen and no progress and jets and uh hawaii and all of that and then your president's shot uh, uh, you, no wonder we're so fucked up 50 years later i and, mean we and, definitely got the ptsd going on that
2: as a fan of mad Men, the assassination of jfk was yeah. Kind of the beginning of the real cultural turmoil and Dawn like, uh, own unraveling. A
1: hundred percent. A hundred percent. It is it is a, such a watershed moment for the nation. And uh, yeah, so that's happening tomorrow. So, you know, take a moment, light a candle or do whatever you do. Oh, and 50 uh, years. Wow. 50 years. 50 years, people, uh, this nation's been...
2: Are they going to celebrate it with like maybe a parade? <laughs>
1: i'm guessing uh walmart's got something lined up i just <sighs> too, i'm imagining too soon come on uh, no never, never half a century Half a century, people all right i uh <laughs> i was in the mood to, in a mood today you know me i just i've been working on another project oh by the way i still cannot share my news with the public i have been told um they're still keeping me my mouth shut this is really unfair so all I can say is I've been doing a lot of work on another project. So my mind has been there and I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, I got to write an essay and and I don't know if it was like the Comedy Store Hangover or something I ate last night. I was not feeling 100% great this morning. But um, I did, I did, I, I, I started, I started an essay, I started writing and it's definitely a theme that we've talked about here a lot. I think by the time at the end of this year and I look at all the essays, I'm going to have like like four or five themes that I've kind of, you know, f- found my way into. Um, so this is one that we've uh, dealt with before. But um, hell, I just uh, wanted to uh, to do it again. So this is my take on it today. <clears throat> I think I'm calling it white noise. There's a whole lot of talking about a whole lot of everything or really about a whole lot of nothing all day long, 24-hour news networks that rarely inform us about the things that we need to know in order to think for ourselves. Instead, they spoon-feed us the things they want us to know so we will think just like them. 24-hour sports networks that ramble on and on and on about the minutiae of a world that has been created by man to do nothing more than channel testosterone away from outrage and uprising and toward arbitrarily contrived competitions that sell nothing more than sex and beer newspapers newspapers that might actually have something important to say about what is needing to be said in the world keep churning out story after story but no one reads them anymore because we're all too busy reading blogs or watching youtube shows or deleting the spam on our inboxes or liking something on facebook or making up hashtag games on twitter or binging on seasons of breaking bad or listening to our friends podcasts or making a podcast ourselves And even if some of those things did actually have some truly informative or revelatory something to share, how the fuck would we ever know with all the Snapchatting and selfies floating before our eyes? I fear that Aldous Huxley of Brave New World fame was on the nose when he feared that the truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Neil Postman wrote a whole book about it called Amusing Ourselves to Death. It was written in 1985, but holds even more true today as we enter this weird post-television age. He died in 2003 before the recent explosion of the new media. Damn. When I hear about someone who has opted to not be on Facebook, I pity and envy them in the very same moment. Part of me thinks, you idiot, you have decided to ignore and avoid participating in the very thing, the only thing that seems to keep any of us relating to anyone these days? How do you know what your best friend is eating for lunch? Do you actually go out with them and eat lunch with them? Who has time for that? I have 429 podcasts and 16 months worth of blogs about organic peas to binge on. But then the other part of me thinks, you brilliant son of a bitch. You have decided to ignore and avoid the reckless and blind adoption of technologies that we have no idea how they are reshaping our brains, relationships, and politics. You have checked the opt-out box on time sucking. You have stood against the enormous current that has swept all common sense, time management, and privacy away. I take my hat off to you. You are more courageous than I. When I was getting my undergrad degree, I was a communications major. My passion was studying media effects. I remember the first time I encountered even what a media effect was, that the ways in which we relate to ourselves, others and the world are shaped not only by the content of the media, but by the form of media itself. It was like a whole world opened up in front of me and suddenly the TV, newspapers and books around me were no longer neutral objects, but shapers of my reality. Wow. So these days, when I feel and see the effects of media on my state of mind, quality of life, and the world around me, I can't help but feel a bit overwhelmed. There is barely enough time to understand and process all the content I encounter, let alone really ponder how the various forms of the media themselves are changing my life. Sometimes I just want to put the brakes on the whole shebang, take a big collective breath, and start over. Sometimes I fear that we are marching down a road that does not lead to freedom, but to oppression. Well, I'm pretty sure we we really are marching down that road. I would just like to understand it a bit more as we head into the fog of the future. When I think about our fear of being left behind in this new age of technology and how we allow ourselves to be co-opted by it blindly, I think about this famous quote by Pastor Martin Niemöller. I mean, it's not really spot on, and it's kind of a little outrageous. But he wrote, in Germany, they first came for the communists, and I did not speak up because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up because uh, I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Catholics, and I didn't speak up because I was a Protestant. Then they came for me. And by that time, no one was left to speak up. I wonder, I wonder who or what is not being spoken up for these days. What aspects of our basic rights are we giving away for the sake of entertainment? What aspects of our basic humanity are we not speaking up for? In what new ways are we amusing ourselves to death? I think it might be time to speak up. Was Ben Morrison again with uh, "Believe It or Not"? That was called "Sometimes."
2: Yeah, if you can. <laughs> I was thinking that I was like, "Hey, what's the name of this track? Could you be any more obvious?" Uh, I got, I was listening to Bobby McFerrin, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I want to do that."
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Is how did you did you just uh, just kind of get restless one night and want to do something? Have you always, I mean, you're uh, when you and Ben, your friend Ben Glebe, who's yeah. been on the show also, you guys come over here and you guys. T- <laughs> to Your amazing hip hop rapping in my kitchen.
2: Uh, shout out to Ben glebe at Ben glebe I love him.
1: Uh, I love yes. him.
2: I did his podcast a couple a week and a half ago. I was a little tipsy.
1: So. A little. Oh, I'll have a to. Little. I'll we have started, to go back and listen to that. We one We
2: started at two in the morning.
1: Because <laughs> oh, it's ben Gleib, Yeah, pretty much. It's ben Gleib, yeah, he's got out. a lot of energy. That guy shout at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I love you. Big time. I'm
2: sorry. No more booze and podcasts for this guy.
1: No, 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 no. That's uh, No more booze and podcasts. It, it's, 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 it's a different experience, but it's a fun one.
2: So I mean, <clears throat> I want to piggyback that essay was phenomenal, by the way. Thank and you. It made me my it made my, my brain tree Ex- grow and shed leaves.
1: Love that. All at once. It was like a stop motion
2: animation. <laughs> a
1: four seasons happened in it your was. brain tree.
2: Tim Burton directed the stop motion <laughs> image that you made in my brain tree. Um, so I thought the essay was really good because it I think what I liked most about it is it just kind of encapsulated the kind of frustration without anything really we can do about it, mm-hmm. about what's going on. And, you know, even in the sense that that's being expressed over one of the mediums, that is uh, frustrating. 100%. That, that's the ultimate irony of it. Yes, all this, of course. Is that this is going through the channels. <laughs> I think for to a certain degree, podcasts, though, uh, they do. Get a lot more of my focused attention than all of the other fluff around. Yes. They are in itself an an hour long experience and, you know, they're a long car ride. Yeah. People tend to listen to podcasts in their entirety Uh, when they do, which is nice.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and you find, you know, I think after these however many years it's been now, you know, you you, you kind of find your favorites. You find the ones that really feed you. Mm -hmm. And because there's a lot, I mean, at the beginning, there were just like two guys in a basement, like, you know, smoking bong hits and laughing (laughs) at dick jokes the whole time, which.
2: Multi-million dollar celebrities Yes <laughs> I I keep wondering Like I keep trying to find The bleeding edge of something And then create Like the showpiece show Right But the shit keeps getting shorter Like Yes I am the number one Seven second experience On Vine Like where does that lead me what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. um, I actually read uh, I read an article Not too long ago About our addiction To always um, uh, uh, Perusing Every interlinked informational source for every bit of news we can find is because it's in our DNA to Mm. be information gatherers. We're hunter-gatherers not just for material things but for the information around us. Yes. And the news has become so pervasive uh, in really everywhere we turn. Like there's no real – way we can look without... To turn
1: turn away from it unless you really turn it off.
2: So I think what they're doing, whether, I mean, they know this, of course, but what we're perpetuating is that it's actually tapping into our biological need to obtain all the information around us just for our own survival. Yeah,
1: we're pattern hunters. And
2: they've made it so that They've tricked our DNA into thinking I need to know about Miley Cyrus's vagina <laughs> to survive. Yeah. And the fucked up part is I do when yes, I see a new story. You, do. You, do. you know, like there's a blog I subscribe to today, Miley Cyrus's vagina. Yeah. Which uh, I'm gonna start once this podcast is I over. Think you that's should. a great idea. It is. And I'm gonna sell Way better Sony, than P's. Google AdWords. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I am drawn to it because I feel like if I don't know about that, I'm going to be cut out of the cultural okay, yeah. zeitgeist so this is this current is, events. Yes,
1: this is the great point is there's the, – because the other fear is we're going to be kicked out of the tribe mm-hmm. and we won't be in the tribe. The, and
2: tr- the, the vapid tribe? The, yeah,
1: whatever it is. Just whatever that is kind of gathered around the fire yeah. that like, you know, make, does the hunting and gathering and keeps us safe yeah. on that lower DNA primal level. Uh, so we think like, oh, if I'm if I really opt out of Facebook, then I'm not going to be participating in this thing, and therefore, then I'm going to miss out on something. Mm-hmm. Something, and that feeling of missing out, that yep. anxiety provoking feeling, and yet the reality is. You're not. You're really not not missing missing out on anything. But on the
2: flip side, (laughs) I go camping a lot. And I like to go to music festivals way away from Mm -hmm. everyone where the whole idea is to get away and listen to music for two days Mm -hmm. and go camping and there is no cell phone reception. Yep. I actually really enjoy when I'm leaving this, you know- uh, The din of the- Two day long experience, which is very mind expanding. Yes. Seeing all my friends. I actually kind of enjoy the the re-immersion into real world. I like when my phone gets a signal again. And then I can intake all of this at once.
1: Yeah. See, I like to choose. Like when I come back from something like that, I then I'm like I'm more discerning. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay. Yeah. I don't need – yeah the 100% saturation, I can actually do with 10%. Yeah. You don't
2: don't find yourself going through the news feed to see everything because it doesn't matter to you. However, it is nice to have like five correspondences from friends who just want to talk to you. Yes. You know, that's kind of cool, like actually replugging the wires back in. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. There's, I think what it is, is it's also like a theory I have. It's It's to call it the proliferation of glowing screens (laughs) is that we still kind of have moth DNA in the (laughs) sense that much like the sun provides life and is the everything to us, anything that's glowing, we have to interact with. When the television came out, there was only one glowing screen and it was in the living room Mm -hmm. and the whole family had to rally around it. And there were only four fucking channels to watch on it. But it became pretty clear that once the glowing screen was there, that would be a focal point. And that that lasted for a long time. I mean, for what, 40 years, 50 years, really, it was just, It's the one glowing screen in your living room. But then all of a sudden, like –
1: We have glowing screens everywhere. everywhere. Every size, (laughs) every imaginable shape. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, completely. It's Uh, like
2: our own little pocket sun keeping us alive with its rays of bullshit.
1: Yeah. Rick Rick Overton does a great piece about this, about – because we're we're like plants that look for the sun, you know, and, and then there was that's like, great. and that's why the first thing that humans worshipped was the sun. Uh-huh. So the first thing humans worshipped was the glowing thing. Yep. So we're hardwired to not just want to be attracted to it, but to kind of worship it on uh-huh. some level. And uh-huh. so it is, it's all tied in that's there. That's
2: why I've replaced my penis with an iPhone 5S.
1: Well done. The champagne.
2: It has fingerprints. <laughs> The champagne, <laughs> the gold. Is it wrong that I want that? Is it wrong that I really want that? I want people to talk about my stupid phone.
1: I know. It's it's wrong and not wrong at the same time. It's
2: wrong and not wrong at it the is. same time. It is. I am very torn on how I feel about everything your essay talked about. Yeah. I am – I'm so torn. It's frustrating how much I can't make up my mind on this. Yeah, because I am a child of technology, and the technology around me allows me to be restless. Yeah, and I mean, I, I lo- you know,
1: listen to your music. You're you're having fun. You're creating. Yeah. You're using the technology I, to create something. I do stuff
2: with live photography using mm. the Mac, and mm-hmm. you know, mm. I think I'm I am very restless when it comes to art. And I think if there's any – if there's been one thing that may have slowed my career down is that I haven't just decided to be like right. a Dirty Shot comic or right. just decided to be like – We're, a, ha- we're happy know. about that. that well, you know. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely a slower progression. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I think it makes you a more well-rounded and interesting person in general because yeah. – uh, and that's who you are. I mean I, I'm a person – I'm like that too. I'm – you know, I'm kind of a polyglot. I like a lot of different things, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I have to be that. It has to feed all those things that feed me on some level, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and yeah, I mean, there's just this whole technology thing. It's just there's something about, I don't know. I mean, I, I just there's some really big things going on on the planet, and we're just, I mean, but we've been we've been distracted for you know ever since I guess you know the, the first. Glowing thing. I don't know. You know, even be before that, you know, it's like it's so we're so easily distracted. Well, I, mean.
2: I think the larger problem is, is that there's no real delineation between the important shit and yes. fluff in yeah. how we're getting it. I yeah. mean, literally, I'll load up Huffington Post on any one of my glowing screens, and it's you know, typhoon. Yeah next to Miley Cyrus' yeah. vagina. And yeah. there's no, you don't have to work to get to the stuff that is going to take your time up. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, people will click on the Miley Cyrus thing because the alternative is fucking depressing.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, my husband watches Frontline and whenever I walk into the living room and he's watching Frontline, I'm always like, oh, do I really want to sit and watch this? Because I just don't <laughs> yeah. want to get depressed after an hour yeah. because it's like, I've got to sit, I've got to chew on the real adult stuff, you mm-hmm. know? And I want to just kind of go and watch X Factor for for an hour.
2: Well, the thing about in taking on this news is that there's really not much you can then do about the news Yeah, that's maybe
1: that's part of it too. Is I, really we, d- we really feel very powerless. Um, well, and- I think because
2: ultimately we are very powerless yeah. when it comes down to it, you know, even
1: – And yet there are way more of us than ultimately the 1% because the 1% means there's really only 1% of them. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. So numbers-wise, uh, we – you know, but th- I was t- I was talking to somebody last night. We were talking – and they were like, yeah, I want chaos and mob mentality. And I'm like, no, you really don't. No. You really don't want chaos and mob mentality because yeah. let me tell you, the mob can change like that and yeah. they will come after you because you've got a red shirt on instead of a green shirt. Yeah. And- whenever
2: someone says that, I'm like, why don't you look up news footage from the <laughs> L- LA riots <laughs> yeah. and see if that's really what you're or, going for. Yeah.
1: Or, you know, I mean like the, the news came out of uh, – you know, like the, I was on a show yesterday and we were talking about – Women in Egypt and how poorly they're treated, and that during the Tahrir Square uh, uprising, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of a lot of young, educated, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. people in that, tr- you know, trying to bring real democracy. And to, the amount to Egypt. of
2: rape that was happening yes. during all that—yes, women
1: women were being attacked and raped, and I mean, because it just this 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 because testosterone gets going in a situation like in that. In the
2: Arab world, don't get laid enough. There you go. I, th- I don't know if I Is any it? of your listeners. <laughs> I just think there's such a rigid separation between men and women. that Probably. women themselves have just become these obedient.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, they're seen as objects. They're just absolutely seen, as, seen objects. as objects. So they're not seen as people.
2: Men are also sexual creatures and, you know, you have to express that in a healthy and somewhat consistent manner if it's not going to bottle up inside of you and then get twisted all in your rage with what's going on politically. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's all part of the hormonal kind of basic physicalness of who we are. Yes. And then, of course, you know, I mean, during during all kind of war and chaotic times in, in, in countries like that, um, women are always – uh, one of the first victims in that stuff. I mean, that's how you, you know, kind of change a regime is you mm-hmm. screw the other side's women.
2: What's the famous Greek play that I'm names blanking on where the women refuse sex to the men until? Um. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google that. I don't that remember what that ap- was. Oh, come yeah. on, NYU Education. Yeah, come on. Certainly paid a lot for you. Come
1: on, use, And I, you know, yeah, I even got my master's in depth psychology mythology. Yeah,
2: my first comedy album is called Theater Degree, and like the main, oh. the main, the the real, the the main title track is like there's a global economic meltdown going on, and I have a hundred thousand dollar degree in being a tree. <laughs> what The fuck am I gonna do with that? <laughs>
1: You're going to sow money on yourself and be a money tree. Well, I was supposed to
2: be like the Toast of Broadway, but then halfway through NYU, I got really drunk one night, blacked out, and apparently booked a stand-up comedy gig because (laughs) – this is all true – I woke up with a hangover and a new career. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you got – wait, you blacked out. Did you go on stage and black out or?
2: No. I blacked out and booked my first And you just show booked something. You said to someone, I
1: want to do that. That's, I'm going. There's, there's a longer, st- I was
2: dating a Serbian chick who liked to flash her boobies to my friends and I couldn't Ooh. handle it because I hadn't been with many women at that point and she was really That's hot. was a little intense. Yeah. It was intense. And, yeah. And I, we all got wasted and then she was putting ice down my friend's pants <laughs> and then she put ice down my friend, my Brian's pants. So- and then he was like, who wants to see my dick? And then he pulled his pants down. But wow. He had ice down his pants all night, and it was tiny. He was like, give me a second. <laughs> and then I started hyperventilating because I couldn't <laughs> handle this chick. And then we went to a bar on St. Mark's Place that was empty aside from my friend Meredith who was bartending. Uh, and we had the whole place to ourselves all summer even though she was 20 because it was shutting down. and was run by a <laughs> Polish woman who just gave up. So we had the whole place to ourselves. I go to the bar. My girlfriend goes to the jukebox to pick a song, which means she's going to show tits to more people. <laughs> I sit down. I tell Meredith, give me a glass of alcohol. I believe that's what I asked for. Uh, just
1: any alcohol. And it
2: turns out the only other person in there was a booker for the pre-shows at Stand-Up New York. Oh,
1: my God. And
2: then once she realized that I was fucking wasted and had always dreamed of doing stand-up comedy because I'd been obsessed with
0: yeah, it. You I was to do? Yeah. I was trying to go and me for a laugh.
2: Well, I think what happened— is I kind of said that because my Serbian chick was like, "Come on, babe, let's go get the song, let's dance," and I was like, "I can't handle this, <laughs> go away." And then the chick was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "This is my girlfriend. She's from Serbia. She likes to show her boobs."
1: Would you like to see her tits?
2: And I was like, and then Meredith was like, "Yeah, you should do a bit about that." And then I'm all, this is I'm all I've heard this third hand because I wasn't.
1: Yeah, Yo, you were anymore. You were present. You were blacked and then out. And
2: apparently, she told him, "I've always wanted to be a comedian," and I booked a show, and then I went to the bathroom, puked, and <laughs> out. And woke up with the show.
1: And so then you had to um, go and do the show.
2: Well, yeah, that was a big turning point in my life because I have been – I had been secretly obsessed with stand-up comedy for shit, you know, like years and years. Mm-hmm. Like literally in high school, there was like a 15-minute walk to school and I would – Put an audio cassette and record the audio of Evening at the Improv. Right, that was on at eleven on yes. any every night. Yes, and I'd record with my little home cassette and listen to it as I walked to school every day. You were obsessed. Yeah, yeah, I really. And was. you were
1: using technology in a very interesting was, way as a yes, young man. I was already. using my,
2: my Radio Shack Craig <laughs> Brand. <laughs> I want to no, imagine, Jensen. That's what it was. Imagine
1: all the cords that had to be plugged in in order to f- figure out the way to get the, just the audio really off that. the VHS to put it on the audio tape. This was, took some doing
2: i see tech. i see like a challenge like that like i feel like i it's like a math problem i'm like you think I'm not going to know how to connect the audio? Up <laughs> oh, yours. Because I have like this huge thing of wires in my – because when I was at NYU, I got really uh, stoned and I got my first college credit card. And I go to Radio Shack and I just buy wires. <laughs> I'd be like, I want to connect that to that. Literally, I just want to connect that to that. And I just go and I maxed out my Radio Shack credit card. And I was like, what the fuck did I – Wait, and I
1: maxed I, out my Radio Shack credit I did.
2: Credit it was $1,400. I bought $1,400 on of wires. wires. Yes, and I still have them. I can connect anything to anything. Right now,
1: I bet you can.
2: Although not many things use RCA connectors anymore. <laughs> could, so. you, could
1: you find a way to connect the Democratic and the Republican parties together so that they actually have a conversation? They,
2: they, they need the, they, they need the, they need the uh, East Village Delivery Service P&B flowers they need and a, a Radio Shack credit card. They
1: need a bunch of adapters Worked. is what they need.
2: They really do need a bunch of adapters. <laughs> Are those the lobbyists? I don't want to talk I don't
1: about know, that. No, I don't want to talk about that either. <laughs> it's too um, depressing. <laughs>
2: So anyway, yes, I would record the stand-up audio. And then after that night, I woke up, and I'd always dreamed of doing stand-up comedy. And at that point, it was up to me to go cancel a show rather than balls up and go get one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then that was, what, 13 years ago? Oh, wow. 2000. So
1: what was the first bit you did? Was it about your Serbian girlfriend who shed her tits?
2: No. Although it should have been. (laughs) I don't remember what my first – I have tapes, though.
1: That's so funny. Because I
2: launched a show in The Village... That took off real quick called Come Drunk Comedy. That's where I first met Mark Marin.
1: Oh, funny and Zach
2: and Zach G and all those guys. Uh-huh. They I just go to Luna Lounge, eating it at Luna Lounge, which was the alternative show in New York. Mm-hmm. And I'd just wait by the bar and tell them I had this phenomenal show and mm. just wouldn't leave until they said yes. Um, <laughs> Who's
1: the pesky kid at the bar?
2: No, literally. And we, I tape all of it. I have a bag full of tapes of Marin when he was still drinking. I have Steve Byrne when he'd been doing comedy for a couple of years. Wow. Mike Brabiglia. I have a lot of good stuff on those tapes that I wouldn't mind digging into. That
1: would be a fun podcast to do, yeah, of that Yeah, I need to
2: get permission from them, but yeah. I, I still know all of them. Yeah. And I just have this bag of DV tapes and, uh, you know, uh, we did three camera shoots because all my friends were in NYU film school, so they, look, they probably look really cool lo-fi.
1: And you had the wires to connect everything. And I definitely
2: <laughs> had the wires. Lord knows I had the wires. I don't remember what my first joke was, but I definitely remember what my first closer was because hmm. I was still in theater school and I was like... <clears throat> I'm doing comedy <laughs> at the time, you know? Yes. I really the joke writing I think really starts bubbling for a comic around five or six years in. Yeah.
1: It just, yeah. First you're just on stage getting through it and I and, knew I knew for a fact and it, the format of it and Yeah.
2: It it took me about four and a half years before I could even watch a tape of myself mm-hmm. and not think I was an asshole. Uh-huh. And actually I, I actually remember the first time that happened. I did a set at Stand Up New York. Um, and I got the tape, and this is about four and a half years in. And I went back to my bedroom in, in Brooklyn and popped it in. And then once it was done, I was like,
1: whoa, I
2: didn't think I was an asshole one. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting a little bit." There's
1: a stand-up comedian there.
2: Um, but first show, I was definitely an asshole. And I, uh, I ended my bit with a Backstreet Boys parody <laughs> of I Want It That Way, <laughs> where I sung, you gave me herpes. And then I'd rip my shirt off. <laughs> And I had taken a big pen and I had drawn like chest towel over my, my chest, right. but I had not drawn in as if I had shaved the words love me into my chest. <laughs> wow. So I drew in big pen as if I had shaved the words love me, and that was my big closer. <laughs> After my fucking singing herpes Backstreet Boys parody song, I'd take my shirt off. and oh, uh, funny. And yeah. <laughs> my friends were just like – They were like,
1: oh, shit. Stick to Broadway, buddy. (laughs) Stick to Broadway. Don't let him drink anymore. (laughs) That's been
2: a a theme in my life for a long time. Yes. I
1: was listening to your newest album. You were talking about how you can't – you no longer can do whiskey.
2: Yeah. And that was the joke is that uh, different liquors make me do different things. Yeah. Like when I drink vodka, I like to go dancing. And when I drink whiskey, I like to ruin my relationships.
1: (laughs) Whiskey is a whole different Oh my god. Yeah, I can't do any of the brown liquor. It just uh, I think I'm because of my heritage, I'm Scotch Irish, and I think I just Scottish. although I should be able to drink it, I think all of the alcoholism in my DNA is just like no, really, don't go there because yeah. that's instant like personality change juice. We're
2: you know we're we're a we're a drunken revolutionary. A uh, lot of people and like when I drink whiskey, I want to like I want to write some injustices that have happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the second I start drinking whiskey, I'm like Mel Gibson on the horse, like trying to keep it straight, talking to an army that's fighting wars inside my head.
1: I'll remember that. I'll keep the whiskey away from you next time. Well, I've,
2: you know, I'm not. Yeah. I was definitely in a darker place like a year ago. Yeah. yeah. And went to meetings and shit like that. Oh, good for you. Well, everything's a balance, you know, and I got into a relationship that... I got into a relationship with someone I really care about and it became very clear that either I was going to finally address this yeah. and do something about it or I was just going to – Keep know,
1: going on, going on. I was going to
2: have this one fuck off and I'd mm. just be right and drunk the whole
1: uh, – <laughs> Isn't that a fun? A lot of my time. Yeah. <clears throat> and I Being to, right, I underrated. to
2: be very, very helpful actually. That's good. Yeah, it is. It's, I've did, been I, to Swell Step before. Yeah. Well, I, I don't go – I found a, a version of AA. It's called Primetime Live that's intriguing. It's not <laughs> – I, I know, It sounds very
1: Hollywood. It
2: does sound very Hollywood. <laughs> But, uh, it's despite how. Stupid! The name is yes. The curriculum is entirely based on addressing your ego. There's a mm. lot of there's a lot of psychotherapy that goes nice. into it, nice. which is intriguing because they don't allow. I was so drunk. Which is basically
1: I got, 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 got. what AA does too, but they do it with a higher power.
2: I've never been to a yeah. normal meeting. I, I just mean, found this. The, and, you're
1: addressing the ego by saying you're not the one that's in charge, right? That the higher power is, or and you're giving up yeah. that alcohol was in charge before. I kind
2: of enjoy the pseudo non denominational religion aspect yeah. of it. You yeah. know, it's kind of like. A church I can wrap my head around, and a little psychotherapy yeah. I can wrap my head around too. Yeah. I don't go to it being like never again, none ever, because mm-hmm. I just don't work in extremes. Yeah, that's never worked for me because if I do an extreme, the second I go back, I'm gonna extremely readopt it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So you know, it is all about balance, which mm. I'm still working on. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all, you know, life is like a 14 year old female gymnast. <laughs> it's all about balance.
1: <laughs> it really is. I, it's all about moderation and balance, and. Uh-huh. And uh and you have to find your way to that for your own personal Yeah. Your own how it works inside of your body, your chemistry and you your personality.
2: To, yeah, you need to be able to find a path to the path. Yeah. You know? Just so even that once you fall off it, you can say, you know what, I found it once and then this is a process I can wrap my head uh,
1: around. A hundred percent. I mean you it's know? it's like when I teach meditation and I tell people you know, people come to meditation, they're like, oh, I just want peace and serenity and I'm like okay, that's not what happens when you learn to meditate. The first thing you learn is how fucking fucked up and loud the voices in your head are. And so what I actually, and was taught by my teacher and I teach other people is that it's all about recovery. Uh And it's in the, so you're sitting there and you're meditating and 15 seconds into it, you go into your grocery list or whatever it is you're, you know, you're obsessing on. And then you go and you're like, oh shit, I'm obsessing on The Backstreet Boys or whatever it is. And they're like, oh, fuck me. I can't fucking even meditate. So I go, "Aunt, stop. That's not the way you do it. Mm -hmm. You say it's all about how much loving kindness you can give to yourself in that moment and say, as you would to a two-year-old kid, oh, it's okay. You just went the wrong direction. Just turn around over here and come back over and sit Mm -hmm. quietly next to me. And uh, so it is about – that, that that is the path and that yeah. is the path of recovery it's just always knowing their and path is there that's and... one
2: of the things they talk about in the meetings is the uh, we're all king baby that we're all being controlled by you know a baby with a crown on their head <laughs> yes. in our heads that's making all the decisions yep. with you know the uh, the sternness of a king but the judgment of a two-year-old
1: yeah you oh that's great I reacting. love that king, king, baby. King, king
2: baby is that a great image it is a great like image like a baby with a scepter like making proclamations in your head did you ever and then s- shitting himself
1: yeah what was the uh, spirited away did you ever See the, yeah, and, the
2: Mizyaki. Yeah, did you I ever see that?
1: his name. Oh, it's it's incredible. It's studio Ghibli. That's it's, that's his animation. Yeah, studio. and it's in one of the most incredible films ever. And one of the characters in it is this gigantic baby. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me <laughs> of that. It's like it's this huge baby, yep. and it wants what it wants now. <laughs>
2: Uh, if yeah. you like uh, his work Have you seen uh, You should really try to see My Neighbor Totoro That was one of his first movies
1: Oh I haven't seen that one
2: it, It's beautiful It's a, like a Kind of a fable-ish story It's not quite as
1: Yeah uh, I mean this this the Spirited s- away is kind of like He's in his full Mature It's pretty
2: psychedelic But I think mm. with, What I like about Totoro Is that it's one of It's it's very very whimsical It still mm, manages to be Very whimsical that. And very childlike like Yeah this book About two sisters Who live in the rural Kind of woods of Japan Who discover This kind of magical Uh a gray smiling bear thing uh-huh. called Totoro who uh-huh. can sing and dance and oh, create wow. the,
1: oh, spirit, the spirit, the
2: spirit of the forest, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, This creature and the journey they have with him—it's oh, it's phenomenal,
1: fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't seen the newest one either. I want to see. Yeah, it. yeah
2: his new one. I, the I pop just saw something
1: the, poppy hill. I
2: think it's about flight. I just. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, it is. It's his last one too.
2: Yeah, and the thing about the what's sad is that kids are no longer associating animation with hand drawn. Yeah. Like 3D animation has become the norm that I think Mm. a lot of children won't even assign a a fan base to animation because they're just used to fully 3D realized kind of worlds. And now a lot of them are actually in 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what they're seeing. Yeah.
1: That's very true.
2: Ah, the movies.
1: Ah, kids.
2: Do you go to movies a lot? I go to the movies.
1: You know, I I didn't this year. I, I get hot and cold with that. It just. I don't know what it is, my resistance to it, but Bob goes a lot. My husband, everyone knows Bob. Uh, He goes a lot. Um, I, I don't know why I just haven't been into it this year. What?
2: I can't. I can't blame you. I've gone to the movies a bunch, and even I don't know. It's just something. This time, about,
1: of, this time of year, I'm looking forward to it because I, you know, yeah, some of the good when ones they, come out. The, all
2: the Academy contenders come out. Yeah, and you know, we saw Gravity in IMAX. 3D. Yeah, I, that, I, that one
1: I do cool. want to go to. The that's like important theater. Like that's you want to go see the full experience of yeah. something like that. But
2: but even then, it's just it's you know it's for two people, it's forty bucks. It is. And that's kind of a ticket to a concert.
1: It, it it's it is crazy expensive. So it,
2: unless the movie is like,
1: it's got to be mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be like I know it's going to be good. I'm just you know I'm not going to go see Lost Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> for twenty two bucks Actually, or whatever. I was just is. I was just
2: in Vegas. Uh huh. Um, doing a weekend and uh, um, we had some time to kill before the Sunday show, and we were going to go see La- Las Vegas, or whatever it is. Right. We were in Vegas. But then to Vegas, Las Vegas, Vegas yeah. whatever. And then decided to go see Bad Grandpa, which was actually very funny. Is it funny? And totally worth seeing in a theater. Oh, be- good. Because of the type of movie. Oh. yeah. It's kind of brilliant, actually, what they did with that movie.
1: That's yeah. Um,
2: but anyway, we bought the tickets, and this is in Vegas. And then he said uh, that'll be sixteen dollars, and I was like, uh, okay, so two. And he's like, no, that that is for two. What? And I was like, I literally went fuck <laughs> me, really. <laughs> It's eight bucks per person.
1: I mean, I know it's a matinee, but even a matinee is not eight bucks anymore. It wasn't even a matinee. It was like a 6 p.m.
2: show. I wanted to buy like tickets and bring them home. (laughs) And just throw doling out to my friends like confetti for a parade. Eight
1: dollar movie ticket. Remember yeah. that?
2: I know. And the matinees, the actual matinees, were five bucks. Wow!
1: Can you for a first that? run movie? That's crazy. That's yeah. unheard of. In, my, my well, in LA, it. it's completely unheard of. Yeah,
2: it's... in LA, the cheapest you're going to see a movie anywhere is like thirteen bucks, maybe fourteen. Yeah. yeah, that's just what it's come down to. So it's kind of it, you know, it's soured. It's soured me on the movie going experience, despite the fact that I love the movie going yeah. experience. Yeah. But then again, the on-demand options are getting so good.
1: Absolutely. And we got the Netflix on the big TV now in yep. the living room. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they say in a couple of years, it's all going to, you know, we're all going to be able to watch it all on the big screen in the in the living room. So... And
2: again, I'm not, I'm kind of torn on whether that's a good thing or a bad uh, thing. Yeah, I don't
1: know. I don't know. I, I Because I do love something about the communal experience of movie going uh-huh. also. Um, so there's... You know, you're missing out on that, too. There's something about being in a room with 100 people watching the same thing. It's And
2: for big special effects <laughs> movies like Gravity, the experience really – you should – Yeah, I agreed. Seeing it in IMAX 3D is and will always be uh, very different and more immersive than seeing it at home. For sure.
1: For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: But it is such a crapshoot these days and there's just so much me- – we I watch a lot of media. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think I, I wanted to make it my mission to see everything ever made ever. Wow! And I'm doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I should be a media critic just because I you should be. It's always on.
0: Yeah,
1: in the
2: background. I love things that glow, and I didn't start <laughs> reading books again until I discovered iBooks on the iPad. Uh huh. And now I love reading again.
1: Yeah, I've been because. reading novels lately. I have. No, yeah. I'm, I'm normally a nonfiction person. I've read a ton of nonfiction the last ten years. Red. And uh, but I just read a couple of novels in the last few months. Uh, so I'm I'm anything, like...
2: Anything notable?
1: Well, I caught up on some things. I read um, The Alchemist, mm. which I'd never gotten into before. Paul Coelho, Yeah. Every really, chick's
2: favorite book ever. It's just
1: a charming little fable, allegory type of thing. Great way to get laid in college. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then I've started a couple of other... I'm reading one very weird one right now called The Luminaries, and I still don't know exactly what's going on. Basically, they haven't left this one room, but they keep telling stories about all these other things. Oh, but I just read Elizabeth Gilbert's new book. Uh, she's got a novel out called The Signature of All Things, and it's about a female botanist in the 1800s. And it's really, really well written. She's she's a good writer. Man, you can
2: right? just write a good book about anything.
1: You know what? <laughs> you know, if you just put the right words in the right order, uh-huh. you could, like, write amazing stuff. Yeah.
2: I'm writing a really good book about a guy on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> This is actually the Audible.com audiobook com We're doing book. it right now. Yep. Yep. It's the first book ever written and read we're, at the exact same time. We're
1: writing it as we speak. <laughs>
2: you know what I'm reading now? I got the Isaacson biography on Steve Jobs.
1: Oh, yeah. Man, that guy was kind of a... A dick. Not only was it- he... <laughs> he was. He was. Visionaries can be.
2: I'll give him dick because, you know... That's pretty consistent with entrepreneurs, especially tech entrepreneurs. But what really shocks me about the Steve Jobs book, which I've never heard anyone mention, is how often this guy started crying. Wow. Every time he got in a fight or had uh, a business decision that didn't uh, sway in his favor, he started crying.
1: Really? I never
2: realized that. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm like highlighting it when I'm reading it because you can can make notes and it's kind of ironic I'm using Steve Jobs' iPad to highlight in- (gasps) (laughs) the novel about Steve Jobs all the time he cried while making the iPad meta (laughs) but uh, yeah I'm just it's just blowing me away how emotionally unstable he was on a Mm. very deep level and you know I think the fact that his adoption played a large role Mm. in why he actually did create all this technology, and I still think the iPhone first generation is the most important piece of design in the last 50 years.
1: Yeah, I, I would I think say the so. iPhone
2: first gen since I don't know, even the television, if it, we're going on building it, blocks, it
1: did. It, it was the thing that was like, boink, like went off that tangent. I still
2: have mine, it still works, and you know,
1: I still have my dad's. My dad, I, I got my dad's. Oh, really? He died. He Whoa, had the original still have the one. text and everything on we, it. Uh, no, uh, I think we had. Because i put my own phone number on it and stuff like that so but i used it for two years i loved it really yeah
2: and those things like i still have my first gen it is probably the best snapshot of where of of where my life was at the time because Mm. it still has still has all the photos that's funny
1: that's funny you know and
2: i have entire relationships that are documented in there i've often thought that that would be a great like jumping off point for dialogue for a play yeah, is for actually sh- text between couples because that shit is incredibly juicy. Absolutely. You know. So I uh so it yeah, it blows me away how emotionally unstable he that actually was. That is
1: fascinating. And
2: he never really came up with anything. He just was able to corral the socially inept nerds who were coming up with things to make them confident enough to believe to create that
1: the they environment create
2: the thing that would then later change And the then world.
1: he would champion whatever that thing was. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean Steve wow. Wozniak wanted to give the Apple away. Mm-hmm. He literally wanted to design a better computer and then just give it all away. Mm-hmm. Jobs was like, "No, we got to make money from this." And Wozniak all he ever wanted was to be locked into a basement room and build stuff. Right. That's all he ever wanted. Even when Apple was up and running, he still wanted to be on the en- engineering team and hmm. really only do that. Hmm. And Wozniak's design kind of, you know, it really was the was the Apple one and the Apple Two. Yeah, and we then had one. Other teams. Yeah, yeah. Everyone did. It was Yeah. Everyone did. All of
1: us innovators. Dude. All of us
2: innovators. Well, I've yes. been a technology kind of not my whole – my first job in high school was working as a internet tech support like for dial up modems.
1: I had the uh, one of the first five um, Macintoshes in L. A. Really? Yes. No way. Yep. Wow. Yeah i I ordered it, and uh, it was the first week it came out. Uh, came out. Came out. Came out in wow. America, and uh, I was I think it was the top five, first five or ten that they sold in L. A. Was, was mine.
2: it's still. Beautiful.
1: It's well, first of all, I remember going into the store and them with the mouse, and then they were they drew pictures on the screen with this thing. It, it I mean, it was so mind blowing. Yep. It there was nothing on planet Earth, anything. I, I was just like, I don't know what I could do with this really or how useful it's going to be, but I want one of these. And because you could basically, you know, it was like 64K or something like that like it was no memory in it so you couldn't do a hell of a lot but there was a text thing and then there was a paint Uh mac paint and uh and then you had your i remember i was at ucla at the time and i would put my paper in the disc and i would take it to school because there was a printing thing there and it was just early on with the computers and i put the little disc and we'd print at school and
2: i'm about to get real nerdy here uh in reading the biography uh we can really thank – ironically, we can thank Xerox.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. For I, I know, the park the park research and if everything. If anyone yeah, – yeah, park yeah. – They in, gave in, it to them.
2: Well, yeah. What's really interesting is Xerox had no idea that
1: – They didn't know what they had.
2: Well, they didn't know what they had. Xerox had so much money yeah. at the time that it thought, you know, we're bajillionaires and our business is copying machines. Right. But they had so much money they were able to set up park, Apollo – Alto Research Center, right? pay all these geniuses to come up with next stuff. And just play, stuff.
1: make stuff, yeah. But
2: they had no infrastructure to realize what was being done. And right. if any Uber nerds are, are listening right now and like Mac history, do a Google search for Xerox Star. I found a crazy video online. It was like Xerox's promotional video uh-huh. of the Star. And it's essentially where Apple lifted the entire GUI,
0: wow, the
2: entire operating system yeah. for, for the, the Mac uh- from Xerox uh-huh. because Xerox was paying apple to have them come and look over everything they had done yeah without really realizing that they were actually going to take it and use it <laughs> yeah. and it will be the future of computing but if you like so computer amazing. history and i do look up Xerox star and there's a great youtube video of a guy walking you through everything uh. and it literally is the first version of the mac os even to how the icons are designed and he's describing wow. this whole thing, but the star itself sold hardly any yeah. units because it was something like twenty thousand dollars fucking... <laughs> but that's the thing that's the thing about jobs is he saw yeah. he saw potential and brought it to execution
1: a- and he had a love of beautiful objects, so yeah. that helped yeah know, because there's something about the beauty and simplicity of the objects he made
2: but I want to talk about what you're saying about technology though the all- pervasive nature of technology mm-hmm. because I returned home from my weekend to discover a letter from the LA Superior Court with a photo... Like five photos of me blowing a red light. Right. And then there was a website where I got like fucking eight, I got IMAX video of me blowing <laughs> the red light. Wow. Rotten Tomatoes oh gave my, my red light in 87, <laughs> certified fresh. And I was just like, Jesus, what happened to good old getting away with it? No. That is over. No, you can't it's get over. away with it right now. Yeah. You can't have an affair. Someone's going to be tweeting in the bushes. Yeah. Like there is, there's a record of everything that we do right now. And there's a rec- there's a checkable record of everything that we don't even think we're, we're having a part of.
1: Yeah, well, and that's you know that's that's this the thing that makes me nervous is we don't even really know what we're signing up for anymore. The privacy issues of all of it, and then mm-hmm. and then you know the people who are really fucking up this country through money and environmental ravaging and everything, they're getting away with fucking murder. (laughs) Well, well, basically. You know, and yet we're all walking around going, uh, is my email being read by the NSA? I mean, I was on the show yesterday and one of the stories we talked about was how journalists, uh, there's an actual chilling effect with this NSA stuff because journalists are choosing to do less and less investigative stuff Mm -hmm. for fear that they're going to be investigated by the NSA. And it's like, well, here we go. I mean, it's just, it's over then. It's done. You know, if we're all going to be afraid, then, you know, what's the point? I mean...
2: Well, I think it comes down to that whole information waterfall with no delineation between vapid and real that's been a huge aid to the NSA during all this because the leaks are coming out daily. Snowden took about 20,000 documents, and I do think he's going to go down as his, his presence in all this will be a turning point for this information culture. Yeah. I think people yeah. will wind up being very grateful for what he did. I hope so. Because like the tobacco industry, mm-hmm. if you're a cigarette smoker now, you know full well yep. that it's a carcinogen. Yep. And you're going to die probably five years earlier than your friends because of something smoking related. And it's not, not. going
1: to be a fun death. <laughs> but
2: we don't give a fuck. We yeah. still buy the cigarettes Egg. to the point that I can't even blame them anymore. Right. Because – they're like – I think they're realizing now like, whoa, wait a minute. You're going to smoke whether you know it's going to kill you or not. We could have just done this a long time ago. Right. With the NSA, the leaks are coming out every day from foreign dignitaries to reading emails to collecting metadata to going into our Gmail account and taking yeah, our I mean, entire if they, address if, book.
1: If they want, they can. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But at this
2: point, there's, right. such, a, there's such a saturation of, of realizations about what's actually going on mixed in with the celebrity news. Yep. It scrambled my ability to weed out all the things – because each one of those things about the NSA requires a lot of things I have to do on my end.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And the only other alternative is what? Go to Hawaii yeah. and open up a surf shop?
1: <laughs> that, that may be it. <laughs> you know?
2: And then get a pager? <laughs> That's the only thing we can do is go to Hawaii, open up a surf shop, and get a pager. You're not willing to do that. Just You're, fucking welcome to the database. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> welcome to the database. Welcome my son. <laughs> to the database welcome to the machine it's true yeah but then yeah. again i'm like
2: oh the nsa is reading my emails i'm like am i really that
1: important no they're not they're not reading your emails but they they could if they wanted to
2: i think what's gonna happen That's is the problem communicating now is just gonna wind up being like it used to be when i you know you'd you'd order weed from a delivery service yes. i'd be like i'd be like hi p&b flowers i would like one bouquet yes. of very smelly roses i'd
1: like spice cake with extra <sighs> icing please
2: exactly and they'll be like yeah we'll be there 30 minutes, and then eight and a half hours later, when they did show up, <laughs> you knew the lingo was intact. Now we're just gonna have to do the same thing with all of our communications. Yeah,
1: we'll just have to make up a new language.
2: It, it that will have those to be a people
1: new won't understand. Think about that. Uh-huh. Think
2: about that. Now we're gonna resurrect what was it? Um, Esperanto. <laughs> Who the fuck came up with that idea?
1: Some guy. He did. Some really? guy, he really believed it was going to be the global language. He had a vision for it.
2: He should know one thing, man, nerves a global language, and that's American. <laughs> that's right, it's American. That's, I speak America in all 53 <laughs> of the countries in this fine gro- that, globe.
1: That's right. That, uh,
2: that Jesus says I can go to and have <laughs> dominion over.
1: <laughs>
2: I have dominion over everything.
1: Including my penis. Including
2: my dick. <laughs> I have dominion over my penis and your vagina. <laughs> well, yeah. The dominion, you, you don't have dominion over no, your vagina. No. Only I know what's right for that thing. That, yeah. I'm the only one that can see it from the outside in, you know? <laughs> you don't have perspective on your vagina like I do. There's no end to my penis. You can't go in my penis. It's all out. Well, you could. You could.
1: You could go up that little hole.
2: That's a whole different website, dude. That's a whole different web. Actually, that's the name of the website. A whole different website. That's all. Is that registered? <laughs> A-H-O-L-E.
1: God help us all is that registered <laughs> <laughs> well of course you know the joke for us like 10 years ago was everything was like oh my god oh my god dot com you know it was like whatever we were yep. saying dot com that was that was funny for about three months in summer summertime that
2: is funny yeah and now it's like <laughs> dot tv, dot TV. <laughs> yeah, right i don't now, think there is a whole now it's website, hashtag
1: hashtag is the new you have to say hashtag with Jesus. everything and
2: now hashtags are in fucking commercials for like oh yeah for wendy's i know Hashtag flavorful, and, hashtag and, taste, and, hashtag value, hashtag and, shoot yourself.
1: Yeah. And so it's either hashtagging or you can like it on Facebook. I yeah. mean, it's like every Facebook has gotten the sponsored stuff on Facebook. It's well, and my, I, my, I love when my friends are like, so I wrote, I was, as I was writing a post about potato chips. Mm-hmm. You know a Lay's potato chips ad, like she had not even posted it yet, type yep. of a thing. <laughs> the Lay's ad is coming up on the side there. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's,
2: it's kind of humorous seeing what the machine thinks we want. Yeah, you know it is.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't pay. I I know what I want. I'm 50. I know what I want. I know what I like. You can't. I mean, maybe that I'm just clearly I'm not the demographic for these things anymore.
2: Yeah, you are. Well, you're, you're tech savvy
1: for for something, I guess. But, you know, they definitely want those people that haven't decided yet what potato chips they like.
2: But I will say this. If we're going to have a big brother, Google's pretty good. You think Google's pretty good. I hope so. Google's pretty good. I hope they don't. We train. could have done a lot worse than Google.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. You know, everything evolves. We'll see. Yeah, pretty good. Ten years. We'll yeah, see in good. ten years. Yeah, pretty good. You know, it'll at be, this point, it'll be interesting when they're running the government. Because it's like something like that may be happening.
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, everyone always has these like uh, these post-apocalyptic uh, visions of these big tech companies. Skynet didn't have Street View, you know. <laughs> Skynet didn't.
1: You know what I loved? I loved that uh, that barge up in the Bay Area. Yeah. You know, with the Google. Was like, everyone was like, oh, what is it? What is going on? Conspiracy. Conspiracy. It's like, yeah, it's a showroom for technology. Yeah, we're opening a it store. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a, like, it's what a you, glasses store.
2: What do you think it is, Leave. people? It's a glasses store. It's
1: Google. You're going to go in to be able to search for anything while you're standing in a room.
2: Yeah. I've had a lot of friends that work for Google, and they are happy. Are they? That is a good place to work.
1: Should we go work there? I'm Would they like us? I think Could they we would. do things for Google?
2: We can do things. Could we? My Could- girlfriend has a she wants to um you know how all chicks call Target Target? Yes. You just do.
1: Of course. Because it's very high end.
2: We're we're gonna start uh Google.
1: Go-
2: <laughs> Look it up on Google.
1: Look it up on Google. Why
2: not? You heard it here first.
1: <laughs> yes. I like calling it goggle too. Goggle? Yeah. Would you goggle that for me? Would you
2: goggle <laughs> and they have an app called Google Goggles. <laughs>
1: Of course they do. Yep. It's darling. It's a bunch of G's.
2: Google knew we'd be talking about this today.
1: <laughs> they did. They they, sent they actually me- it's how I'm funding the podcast today. They've paid me to yep. talk about this. Yep. <laughs> God, I would like that. Actually that would be nice. We
2: are following your PDF, <laughs> Google. <laughs>
1: yes. I am integrating the name of your oh. company 42 times into my spiel.
2: Speaking of the robot, I like I said I've been on technology my whole life. My dad is a huge technology nerd. You know, I got my first 286 computer when I was like, you know, I had that before Nintendo. So I was using DOS and oh
1: yeah, good old DOS. And
2: my father uh, has always been a big fan of uh, of computers and old computers. And he had like this—he had one of the very first laptops, which is really like this gigantic <laughs> yeah. brick. It was like one of the weights I saw at the Salem Witch Museum that they would put on people's chests <laughs> to get them to admit they were a, a witch. That was his first laptop. And he got he got like the very first text to speech program. And he was he's such a nerd. He set it as his alarm. Okay. Oh wow. So it used to fucking. <laughs> Terrify me because this is the very first one. It was this loud speaker in this laptop, and I swear to God, at seven in the morning in my house in Arlington, Massachusetts, we'd all get woken up to, Good morning, John Morrison. I hope you had a good sleep. I hope you are ready to use your computer now. And I'd be like, Dad, it's scaring the crap out of me. Would you
1: stop? He's like, but I can make it speak. God, it's, I just—you just brought me back a memory because, really? uh, yeah, because my first husband <laughs> in, in the eighties, we, you know, he's he—he he and I bought the Macintosh. But we had my dad had an Apple II also, yeah. and. I do, remember getting a speech simulator, or, or, like, I think it was even called Sam or something like something. that. Yeah. And I do, I remember th- that thing. And, you know, we would just all gather around and, like, type it and make it say things that, you know, whatever oh, silliness yeah. we wanted it to say it's at the time. It's the first time. thing you say
2: is something awful. <laughs> yeah.
1: I Hog like sucker. to lack
2: your bat hole. No. <laughs> Type it, spell it differently so it'll read it right.
1: Yeah, you have to figure out how to type it, exactly. That's, because
2: we're such children. Like, the, the first thing we all did when we played the Oregon Trail was type in awful names. <laughs> Anus has died of dysentery. And your parents walk in, they're like, oh, would you, come on, it's supposed to be educational. <laughs> You're like ha, ha, ha. penis faces that small because
1: ultimately it all comes back to fart jokes.
2: It all comes back to our genitals and glowing things. Always,
1: go- yep, that's it. That's pretty Between much all we need. Genitals
2: and glowing things. We're done. We're good. Control.
1: Yeah, reptilian Control. brain is happy.
2: There are people who actually believe that reptiles are living amongst us crap. I know. People who believe in conspiracy theories that I might even wrap my head around, like 9-11 And then stuff. they do the
1: reptilian stuff. And then they go
2: into the reptilian <laughs> dominion. And I'm like, man, I may have believed that the you know I, government knocked down uh, – you know, I,
1: I may have gone there with you down a road, but now, no. But you, no, you really sorry. lost me at, yeah.
2: at the Geico mascot is yeah. living amongst us. <laughs> You know,
1: <laughs> do you listen to Art Bell? Did you ever, you know, about the Coast to Coast AM song? Oh uh, yeah, that's uh, on radio
2: six forty or seven yeah, yeah. ninety
1: KFI. I think it's on the middle. I've of I've actually
2: night. recently, and this is in the last three or four months, and you know, it's I, I can't stop. I've, I try to find the most vitriolic AM radio I can listen to. Wow. Like I'll, I'll listen to Hannity. I can't I'll do listen, that.
1: The, my blood pressure just goes up. Well, I, I do it because can't. there's such a
2: difference between –
1: like my, my chest is tightening just thinking about it.
2: Well, I do it to hear what, what they're talking about. Yeah. And I think they, I think it's called AM radio because the only thing you're going to hear is, it's
1: a
0: mess. That's uh, the
2: only thing they talk about. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll switch between um, KPCC – and uh eighty nine point nine, yeah, you know the more national, yeah, 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 right, and then back to the AM. <laughs> Literally, I'll just switch back and forth, back and forth, yeah. And the AM radio is very good at being consistent. It's consistent. Oh, that's why they're, one they're, voice. They're messaging about is, one thing. Sure,
1: I mean that's they've been good at that for thirty years now. You yeah. can
2: turn on AM radio at any one point, yeah. and it'll be like of the guy, the Obama, yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about Obama? There,
1: there's no gray area on AM radio. There's no gray. There's no nuance. They're pulling the wool over your eyes. <laughs> They're pulling the wool over your eyes. Then- I can't listen to that. That's why I listen to the Coast to Coast, which Art Bell used to be the host of, but he's not anymore. Uh, but it, that's when they have beyond. They have less and less of it on, but they used to have all the paranormal stuff. I listened on. to it last night while waiting for Wendy's drive-through. So what? So what were they? What were they talking about last night? Because that's crazy talking about this, Kelly. Uh, uh, I'm telling you. It's meant to be. It's meant Google to be. Google
2: just texted me that you were thinking about that.
1: <laughs> my favorite though was I was listening one night, my dad turned me on to, to Art Bell. And um, actually my dad was on a couple times. Great was he? great interviews with Art Bell, yeah. But one of my favorites was the guy was on talking about how there are people who are live in the center of the earth. They're living in the center of the earth right now. And and, and he has and he talked about what they're doing there. And I mean, as a whole, there's a whole world that he, this guy talked about everything. And I'm like, really? Like, you really believe this? Like, how do you make that leap? I'm sorry. <laughs> and why? <laughs> why do you make that leap? How does What is this satisfying inside of your psyche that you need to believe that or the reptilian thing or the... But I
2: mean, the idea of hell, which, you know, 70 million or what's the number of fundamentalist Christians really believe in, that's, you know, in the center of the earth.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent very similar. Absolutely. I guess it's a mindset that can make that kind of leap and want to believe that non-reality in such a way. I'm
2: almost envious of the ability to... I really am. Because when I see someone who's like a Scientologist... If you were at Starbucks they, they figured and it out. someone cut in line, if you actually were like, you know what? I'm not upset because the spaceship is coming for me <laughs> and not you. Yeah. Imagine that. Right. No one could touch you're, you. You're done.
1: You're done. There's no more contemplating. There's no more angst. There's no more existential. Yep. It's done. It's done. It's decided. And you know what? I get it. You know, I get it. I get that there's a comfort in that. And I would never take anyone's comfort away from them around that stuff, as long as right. they're not coming to my door and preaching it or holding a gun to my head and making me think it. But I do. I I, I wish that sometimes I was just a little stupider
2: (laughs) kind of i really do i often think about how much how nice it would be just to be like a really obese married couple and i do think about this because i'm a comedian after all i think about how blissful it would be to have just completely given up And what mu- how nice it must be to sit with your three hundred pound wife on this gigantic <laughs> vibrating chair and just have fast food delivered to you while you watch three D movies on your sixty five inch Panasonic screen while playing PlayStation.
3: And
1: but- and you know, you so you're not gonna live the ten years longer and you're gonna probably die yeah. of diabetes and heart disease or something, but fine, whatever. But damn it, you're 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 okay.
2: Is it wrong that I actually I'm I'm actually jealous of their ability to have embraced giving up so hardcore? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cuz I don't know if I'm setting myself up for
1: And I don't know if they gave up. I don't know if they ever aspired.
2: <laughs> that's you know what that's actually a better point. Yeah. That's actually a better point. I
1: think that's part of it is they, that there are just some people who don't aspire. They
2: aimed low and boy, yeah. they got there. And they
1: only know low. I mean, yeah. I mean that's the thing is there's there really is a, a world that people live in that um, th- that's as good as it gets.
2: And I'm also I'm often I'm often you know if not envious at least thinky with a little jealous about what it'd be like if I could just live in a small town and work at you know yeah like. Uh, uh, a day job that doesn't require any real creative thinking and then just have a girlfriend and then, you know, watch sports mm-hmm. and go to movies and that would encapsulate the entire – my entire idea of happiness. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be nice? I,
1: I I wonder if there really is – I mean I just – I do. I wonder if there – if that is really even true. Are we just simplifying it in such a way from the outside looking in type of a thing? I, I, I don't know. I mean I, I – I don't know. I think we need to get on a bus with a camera and go out to America and find out.
2: We know we're going across America or <laughs> coming to your living room because Lord knows you ain't going to leave it. <laughs>
1: We'll call the series Couch Potatoes. Couch Taters.
2: Now Couch Taters.
1: Taters, yeah. Couch Taters with
2: Ben and Kelly. We're coming to you, you fat fuck. You fucking taters. You big taters. Are you about to die?
1: Are you about to die and you're loving it? Are you? Do you have a handful of Cheetos in your hand, shoving in your mouth right now? Wipe that orange
2: powder off your collar, you <laughs> tater. We're coming to you. We have a mobile studio set up. We can bring all this to you. Fuck
1: yeah, man. We're we're on our way. We, we want to find out. Uh, do you have Have you ever aspired for more? Have you? Have you?
2: And if you have given up, tell us about it. Although you probably wouldn't call in because you know you didn't aspire to listen to this. You're
1: not listening to
2: this. God, I want to be stupid. I would never even know about this. It'd be awesome. I'd just be watching reruns of How I Met Your Mother while eating KFC. That sounds so good. You know, if I never, like, moved to L.A. and based my happiness on this crazy idea of yeah. fame and whatever.
1: You know, but we were doomed, uh, you know, just doomed for some reason. We were born into families that had some sort of other kind of ambition. And then we did this crazy thing called educating ourselves and, you know.
2: <laughs> Which brings us to Montessori school.
1: <laughs> Boom! <laughs> I did want to, I did, I mean, you know, w- we were going to talk about a bunch of different things, but this is way more this fun. This has been awesome. But I did, I want to know about, so I was watching, um, uh, Ben, you did a, some sort of an inspirational a technology, yep. it's like a TED talk kind of a thing. It's called
2: Ideation. Ideation. It's the same type of thing.
1: Exactly. And it was great. It was a great talk about charity and comedy and, mm. and how you connected to all of that. And, um, and how technology is making it easier for nonprofits and all of that. But yep. I, one of the pictures in the background at the beginning of your talk, underneath it, it was like you were in your little theater outfit or something like that. or I mean, You made fun of yourself and it said Montessori and I was like, <gasps> yeah. another Montessori Montessori kid. educator. Yeah. yeah. So how, how many years did you go there? What kind of a Montessori was it?
2: Um, I think it was pretty strict Montessori. It was run by Indian. Were, were you
1: like done by the time first grade or second grade went around?
2: No, I moved to uh, – I grew up in the south end of Boston in mm-hmm. like a super multi-ethnic. My parents were kind of the – they were the gentrification wave that didn't come in and buy the expensive buildings. Mm-hmm. They were the ones that bought the condemned brownstone right. in an Asian and black neighborhood in Boston and then rehabbed it room by room as I grew up Uh huh. in it. Like I grew up in a, 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 a really – old <clears throat> kind of colonial brownstone in Boston, in in the South End, which when I grew up was almost entirely Asian, black, and the couple smattered progressive oh, hippies fantastic. who, you know, who bought like, you know, a brownstone for 50 grand yeah. and, then, and then redid it. And then that's ultimately what paid for... Montessori.
1: Needed- well, no, it's what... <laughs>
2: Well, both, the fact that both, <laughs> both my parents worked full-time from my entire life, right. for private school for me and my sister, but what wound up paying for NYU for me and Syracuse for her was really just the real estate moves they made because they bought this building for probably 50 and then rehab the entire thing and as then, we grew up in it. Right. And then <clears throat> sold it for probably 300 when we moved to Arlington. Right. And it's now probably going for a mill. Oh, because, it's probably
1: crazy now. Well,
2: because the neighborhood continued to process. Yes. And then and yeah. the, the gays moved in. Oh, and then it forget got, it.
0: Yeah.
1: Beautiful. <laughs>
2: When a gay touches your neighborhood, roses grow. That's right.
1: You silly people who don't like the gays, you should invite them into your neighborhoods. Honestly. Your housing prices will – your value will go up. Exactly.
2: The gays are the the answer to falling real estate prices. (laughs) We should court the gays. They will make your land value go up. There will. And then – so growing up in that that neighborhood, the thing – the reason I went to Montessori though is because the public schools in the neighborhood when I was of public school age needed some work. Yeah. Needed some work. Yeah. So there was a local Montessori. Yeah. see, and- I
1: went to Montessori till I was uh, 12 years old. Mine had like mine That's was probably a- about
2: the, the same age I was. Yeah,
1: mine was a training school here in Santa Monica. So lots of women from Sri Lanka.
2: Mine was Indian. Mrs. Vada yep. that was a, my first A lot,
1: a lot of Indians came and were trained, and then they go back oh, into India. And interesting. And the Montessori method was big there. Even the Montessori method was Maria Montessori. She was Italian, of all things.
2: Were you spanked?
1: No. We were. Oh, no, no, no. This yeah, was they... West Coast Montessori. <laughs>
2: Hey, what are you
1: doing? Shares kids went. Chaz Bono went to yeah, Montessori with really? me. Uh huh. Don't
2: spank her. She's four years old and can read a whole book. <laughs> ease off.
1: Oh yeah, totally. I was uh, for sure reading by four years old. That's older. the thing that yeah. that's the
2: thing that I really that Montessori I think really does is I was reading yeah. small tiny little books. But at the time I was like four or five.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's you know if you have I mean it's it's such a great curriculum because. It just – you just – you go towards what you're attracted to and then you just – you're a sponge at that age anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about you seeking your own curiosity around it. And yep. uh, yeah, I don't I don't meet a lot of Montessori kids. So I always like love that. Yeah. I and mean, it's interesting yeah. because you're like me. You're like interested in a lot of different things like I am. Like – that's part of the yeah. story thing or something i don't yeah,
2: know like i said when i find something that i'm interested in yeah it will become kind of an obsession for three to four months yeah
1: yeah then and then you like to, dig like, dig dig deep and then you mm-hmm. yeah
2: and then i'll some i'll kind of just leave it alone and then you'd be while. like oh,
1: so bores me now
2: yeah what next i think it's the gemini in me though <gasps>
1: I'm a Gemini too. When's your birthday? June 15th.
2: I'm June 2nd. Little sister is June 9th. Oh, uh, my mom was old.
1: June 12th.
2: Really? You know, my, oh. my dad That's why
1: surrounded himself, uh, if you believe in the karma thing. His mother was June 10th. My mother was June 12th. And Whoa. I was June 15th. So his three generations of Gem- Gemini women surrounded wow. my father. Yeah,
2: my my grandmother was June. I would have had the same birthday as my grandmother and my great-grandfather June 1st. But I was a very difficult pregnancy and wasn't actually born until... 12.20 a.m., because apparently there was a big car accident. You weren't
1: ready to go out, yeah. Well,
2: I was born six weeks premature. Oh, you were I a almost, young one. Well, I almost died. I was wow. like, kind of an emergency C-section. And I, I, my mom tells us, my mom loves telling like new girlfriends about what a frail and ugly baby I was. She literally does. Whenever I bring a girlfriend home, she's like, Benny was such an ugly baby. In fact...
1: In fact, here's the whole story.
2: This is the story. Benny was such an ugly little baby that when your father brought him home from the hospital, um, there was an ice cream store uh, that we'd go to all the time. And uh, your father put you in the little stroller. He was such a tiny little ugly (laughs) raisin. And he left you outside while he went to get ice cream. Hmm. Uh, And there were two little kids. (laughs) I hate this fucking story. (laughs) There were two little kids who had come to get ice cream and they each had their 50 cents. And they stood outside the store and saw you in the stroller and thought you were so ugly, they threw their change at you. <laughs> and she <What? laughs> fucking threw their change wow. at me. Wow. me. And she tells that story to all my girlfriends. Wow. Yeah. Mom, you yeah. need
1: to do that anymore.
2: But I almost didn't make it when I was born and I was six months premature.
1: I don't know, how have we been talking about this? I don't know.
2: I don't know. Maybe Montessori. Probably. Who the hell knows? Oh,
1: Gemini because we're both Geminis and we're both uh, ah. interested in tons of things.
2: Interested in – yeah, that's that's completely <laughs> true. I kind of have a theory about Geminis that ties into a whole Freudian thing cause I haven't really heard any good explanations of why people born in the, in the solstice month yes. would be so – you know, uh two sided in their interests. Yes. And it's that if you believe the whole idea that our our foundations are laid within, you know, let's say the first nine months of being alive, they are just imprinting everything. Summer babies have Uh, the longest uh uh, variable experience of day and night.
1: Oh, interesting. Versus a winter
2: baby probably only has like what, four or five hours of daylight before it gets dark. So their experience is kind of probably be bundled up with their parents in a more Nerd, you know, oh, in, a, that's in a more fascinating, and it's something I've always thought about. Whereas summer babies probably have the longest amount of day, and they're probably out with their parents.
1: And and, and this then really brings us all around full circle, because that would then would explain the whole um, kind of attraction to light or lit things, mm-hmm. and thus the glowing yeah. screen.
2: Yes, there's a here. Here is an actual <laughs> statistic I'm making up right now. That a Gemini is 70% more likely to have an iPhone than someone.
1: Ah, I like this. I like Android. this.
2: I actually have a joke about like the whole Gemini bipolar stereotype. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of unfair. I got to be bipolar because my parents like to bang in the fall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, exactly. No, it's and not I actually
2: with, I did the joke last night at Ontario and I was like, that actually does make sense. And then I was beginning to think, I was like, well, if I was born – June 2nd, that means that my parents probably got it on
1: mm-hmm.
2: around – although I was six weeks premature, so then I got to subtract.
1: Yeah, I was I was October. Uh, my parents were doing it in New Orleans in October. Is
2: that where you were made?
1: I was made in – I was conceived in New Orleans. Really? Yeah. My wow. mother um, – they were trying to get pregnant with me and um, they were down there partying and my mom uh, did the limbo one night. And somehow in doing the limbo, that worked. That, so I'm like very, very proud. Are you serious? I'm totally serious. They were having trouble
2: getting pregnant. They were. And then after a heated she, limbo session. Yes.
1: It, she got pregnant. What? Yeah. Hello. Whoa. So the limbo, me. Wow.
2: We don't, We do we don't, we don't need fertility drugs. We need carnival. <laughs> <laughs> a
1: little cutty sark.
2: You just got to loosen up that womb.
1: Yeah. It's what I say in my show. I say a Carlin legend holds. It took a little sperm, a little egg, a little weed. A little scotch and something called the limbo. That
2: is awesome. <laughs> Although that story would be even better if that's how you were born. Yeah, like that's how you finally came out. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! You can do it. You lowered the bar. And you're like, get it out, get it out. All
1: right, we have run out of time, Ben. Man, that has gone by fast. I know because we're just so fucking you're, entertaining you're and fascinating. Machine, am,
2: you're we, a time machine, K Car. I am, man. We we got
1: into something and we came out the other side, and it's later
2: that was awesome that much was, like the limbo
1: much like the limbo <laughs> or a vagina or a uterus Ooh, titter titter a titter a a tatter uh so go check out ben stuff uh ben org. right probably
2: the best place to start because from there you can link to facebook from there
1: you can link but your uh your twitter is at ben the morrison the morrison the morrison indeed as opposed to just that regular ben morrison tweet well i was
2: doing battle with a ben morrison for a long time yeah
1: and probably just had an egg too the whole time on twitter like you didn't even fucking put a picture up i'm I, sure no
2: i wasn't i was an early adopter for twitter and i was on twitter right when it started oh until i got all the followers because i you know just picked up all my twitter followers early yeah you know when everyone would follow everyone that oh was my god the because
1: there's only six of us on
2: but there was a ben morrison there was a a 16 year old violin prodigy named ben morrison oh. who i was duking it out with
1: nice to know it was
2: also in azalea i don't even know i what. swear to god <laughs> go to google images Type in my name, Ben Morrison, and uh, it's really nice because at this point it's just a lot of my headshots with a nice floral arrangement because there is a Ben Morrison azalea, <laughs> azalea, and for a while
1: they they it, grow them. They
2: apparently someone named an azalea Ben Morrison, and for a couple of years it That's was funnier than I was That's... because I was getting my ass kicked by an azalea. <laughs> Talk about
1: reassessing. That's just weird. It just, is just plain weird. weird. Uh, okay, everyone, we won't be here next week. Uh, we'll be eating turkey. In this very room, actually, that will be Turkey Hat. I will turn Whoa. into Martha Stewart next week, uh, and it's not as scary as it sounds. I'm a pretty nice Martha Stewart.
2: No, yeah, you're 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 <coughs> having having. I've been uh, hosted by you a number of times. Uh, phenomenal host. I'm phenomenal. Ph- friends. Thank you. Thank Surround you. Surround yourself with great
1: people. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and so, thank you, Logan, for uh, coming by and helping us today. And um, do you have any gigs uh, coming up?
2: I'm recording. I'm going to be playing in Seattle over winter.
1: Ooh, nice. Seattle people, get your get your put your. Put your dollars to the side and go see Mr. Logan when he's up there. We'll promote that later. Uh, I don't know what number of show this is, but we're creeping up on show number 100, and I really don't know what to do about that. Uh, so. That's
2: very impressive. How I do you know, feel? How I, do you feel about that? I'm
1: feeling really good about it. It's That's a real body
2: of work right I there.
1: know. I'm excited. And I've got, I think, about 28 or 29 essays written now. Great. From this whole year. So, um, we'll see how we reinvent the show next year. I mean, who knows what, what we'll do. Uh, but we'll be back a few more times in December. Uh, I've got some people lined up uh so uh thank you logan always for everything you do and uh thank you will out there if you're still listening will works uh for the smodcast people and keeps us up on the satellite and uh just is an all-around fantastic human being and of course thanks to smodcast in general and kevin smith for you know just leaving me alone here in the corner of, <laughs> of the internet and letting my voice go out. And thank you, all of you listeners, all of you people who subscribe and and download and listen and tweet at me and Facebook me and, and send me beautiful notes about the show. I so, so appreciate that. And if you find you have a couple of extra bucks in your bank account, uh, not that any of us really do during this time of year, but – If you do, um, you can certainly go to my website, kellycarlin.com forward slash waking, and there is a PayPal button if you want to support the show. We can always use some money. We don't have any sponsors. We don't do anything, and we're just only donation supported, and we don't make any money doing this, but uh, any little bit is appreciated to pay for Logan's gas or to pay for the utility bill here or um, the tea that I make, um, you know, that we eat and the raw almonds we're eating right now. Uh, and, you know, and, Google, and, and Google really doesn't uh, sponsor us, but Google, if you're out there listening or NSA, if you're <laughs> oh, out there are. listening, <laughs> I'd be willing to work a deal with you, NSA, since you're listening already, you know, and I just said your name like 10 times during this show. So anyway, uh, you guys have a great week and uh, we're going to go out with a little more uh, Ben Morrison called Space Heater, I believe. Yes, this one's more dancy. This one's more dancy. We like dancy. All right, guys, have a have a great two weeks. Thank you,
2: everyone. Thank you.
3: has been a production of smodco internet radio sir only at smodcast.com hey kev it's time to record a new smodcast fuck off i'm listening to one of the other great shows on the smodcast podcast network scott there's so many to choose from You damn skip it, there's so many to choose from. I'm on five every week myself, man. Uh, Hollywood Babylon on Monday, Smodcast with you on Tuesday, Jay and Silent Bob get old on Wednesday with Jay Muse, Fat Man on Batman every Thursday, and then I wrap up the week with Edumacation with Andy McElfrish. There's so many to choose from. Hell yeah, son, and those aren't the only podcasts. Those are just the ones I'm involved with. What about the podcasts of Smodco that don't feature me, man? Like, tell them Steve, Dave. Last week on Earth with Ben Glebe, I sell comics with Ming and Mike. There's so many to choose from. Hey man, there's also Film School Fridays or Netheads or Get Up On This Team Jack. There's so many to choose from. The Breaks, man. Waking from the American Dream, Begged and Boarded, Phoebe. Soundbite Nation. These are all the shows you could be listening to over at smodcast.com, Scott. There's so many to choose from. And if audio's not enough for you, man, if you're just like, no, I want the thick dick of video as well, man, we can go to our YouTube channel, which is C Smod, or you can watch Comic Book Men, our show on AMC, following The Walking Dead and The Talking Dead every Sunday. night there's so many to choose from that's right scott there are so many to choose from so get choosing kids go to smodcast.com start getting picky man stick these sweet sweet oral sounds into your ear pussies there's so many to choose from you said that already there's so many
0: to choose from